Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. I feel like really excited in my spirit. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, can't contain it. <laughs> Super excited. Woo! Yeah, God's good. All the time. <laughs> All the time, God is good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the message this morning is called choose joy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm like, how do I know? I'm like, Lord, do we just go right with it? What do we do here? Um, Yeah, he's he's just been moving so powerfully this morning. I'm just so excited um, to see what he's doing. We were getting wrecked in intercessory prayer this morning. It was like, it was hard to, hard to stand up. And, um, but he's just doing some amazing things and he's so powerful and he's just showing off. And, um, yeah, it's it, the, the message this morning is choose joy. And, uh, so what's been on my heart lately and sort of, um, what I feel like is, is a prophetic word I'll share with you in a moment. Um, but yeah, let's just pray. So Jesus, we just thank you. <laughs> we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are good, that you are good, that that is so true, that we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what that means, that you are good and we can rest in your goodness and everything, God. You are are glorious. You are majesty, God. And we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for the joy that you have provided to us, God. I just pray, Father, for your anointing on this message, Lord Jesus, that it wouldn't just be words, but that there would be an impartation of your grace of of the the power to deliver the things that you want to deliver to people, God. And and we just just glorify your presence. We just thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Amen. So there's this show that um, just makes me laugh so hard, Um, but it's a show called I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. Has anyone ever seen that show? (laughs) I didn't know I was pregnant. And I'm like, how in the world do these people not know that they're pregnant? And so like what what the show is about is that um, basically, you know, they, they wake up one day and they're in labor and they have no idea what it was because they didn't know that they were pregnant. And so it's like these outrageous stories of like, they're in the bathroom at Wendy's and they're like, oh my gosh, there's a baby, <laughs> you know? And I, it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I'm like, you know, like I knew for sure that I was pregnant when I was pregnant. So if we could put that picture on the screen, this is why I have a hard time understanding when someone doesn't know that they're pregnant. Because if I didn't know I was pregnant, I would have like 10 people be like, um, excuse me, <laughs> you're pregnant because I'm like out to here, right? Um, and, uh, but you know, these, these ladies have different things happening. This is how I felt. Let's go to the, the next picture. That's how I felt. <laughs> I very much related to that poor mama orangutan. 
Um, but there was no way I could not know I was pregnant. I was pregnant everywhere. Like, even my nose looked pregnant. You know, like, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was pregnant. But these ladies, for whatever reason on this show, don't know that they're pregnant. You know, maybe they're, they're so thin that it barely showed. For some of them, the placenta attached on the outside, so they never felt the baby kick. You know, for some of them, they continued to have a cycle, or they were told they were infertile, so they just believed that they were infertile. But for whatever reason, these moms don't know that they're pregnant, and then all of a sudden, they're in labor. So because these women didn't know that they were actually birthing something, they actually believed that they were dying. Okay? Um, Birthing feels like dying. Everyone's like, amen. Amen from the mamas. I'm not trying to scare any young girls in here. (laughs) But birthing and dying feels very similar. Okay? So if you don't know that you are actually in a birthing process, you don't know that you are pregnant with something that God is trying to birth right now, you may not discern the difference between the birth of something and the death of something. And so that's the, that's the encouragement for this morning, just like prophetically to you. It feels like you're about to die when you're about to give birth. So don't give up. <laughs> don't, don't give up. Just keep pushing, keep breathing, because I believe that God is birthing some things. Amen? God's birthing some things. <laughs> what is it like to give birth? <laughs> These ladies all describe the same thing. Man, it's just like waves of horrible pain, like every two minutes. <laughs> you know? Waves of the worst, most intense pain. Tons of pressure. That's what it feels like to give birth. Tons of pressure. You get really uncomfortable. You get really irritable. And you just want everyone around you to just shut up. <laughs> You're like, please just don't talk right now. I'm focusing, Right? Uh, you get irritable. It gets tough relationally. You start to attack your poor husband. <laughs> Just like, you know, I need it quiet. You did this to me. This is your fault. It's never going to happen again. Right? You start to shake all over. For me, I start shaking during that transition phase, like when the baby's about to uh, come out. I start shaking uncontrollably. Um, these poor women, they're like, it's like an explosion happened inside of me. You know, I felt this pop and like they thought it was one of their organs and it's the water breaking. You know, death seems very near. There's this like really thin line between giving birth and, and dying. And you can actually start to throw up from the level of pain. Um, you throw up everything you eat, nothing satisfies you, and it feels like it's never going to end. <laughs> How many of you feel like you might be in a season like that? In, in whatever area of your life, it could be in your, just your life in general, it could be something that you're birthing in the spirit, it could be finances, it could be uh, marriage, it could be relationship with your kids. Um, but I just want to encourage you um, to discern the difference when God is birthing something new versus something is dying and I need to quit and give up. Amen? Amen. Um, So God has had like travailing and birthing in my spirit for a while now. Um, Really, ever since that encounter when I was shaking on the floor for like 24 hours, (laughs) couldn't stop shaking. And uh, the only thing I could liken it to was that transition phase, like when your whole body just starts shaking uncontrollably. And um, there was surrender in it. There was travail. There was uh, transition. And I shook shook for nearly two days. And so um, that's something that I feel like the Lord was doing just prophetically, um, through me and through my body, but it's like it's like that season for people. Um, God has had babies on my heart, um, as in like new things that he's birthing. Um, but if you don't know that you're birthing something, you might be fooled into believing that something is dying. Um, don't give up. 
Ask God to help you discern between the birth of something new and the death of something old. Press in and push. (laughs) Don't be fooled into conceiving an Ishmael right now. And don't be fooled into aborting what God is doing in your life. Amen? All of you have deep purpose, and not one of you is called to barrenness. Not one of you is called to barrenness. Okay? Um, When you are on the verge of breakthrough, it can look the darkest. For me, with the heart issue that I had, um, the day before my healing, when it just was completely lifted and gone, I was like... I couldn't breathe. My left arm was going numb. I was like calling my my, uh, spiritual mother and just like, you need to pray and intercede for me right now. I felt like heaviness, something sitting on my chest. It's like, it felt like it got worse and then bam, breakthrough. And I got my healing. So I just want to encourage you that sometimes that's the way of things. For those of you that are starting to process pain and starting to process trauma and things from your past that maybe you've been afraid to look at, there's a reason that you've been afraid to look at it because you're talking about your deepest, darkest fears that you've had since you were itty bitty. So guess what? When you start to unearth those things, it starts to look worse and to feel worse before it gets better because you're going to actually start stepping into that pain and feeling some of that pain, processing it with the Lord. Amen? So you're going to trigger. Like, things are going to happen, but that, sometimes that's what progress looks like. Amen? Um, when Jesus cast the demons out of the, the young boy, what does it say? He cast the demons out with a word, and then the demon shook the boy all the more and then left. That's Jesus. <laughs> Casting out a demon shakes all the more. And then it's over. But when did the breakthrough happen? When did the breakthrough happen? When Jesus spoke his word. When Jesus spoke his word, it was done. And just because the enemy is trying to kick up one last little effort, breakthrough is there. Amen? So I just want to encourage you, don't give up. You're on the verge of breakthrough. Don't shout me down. (laughs) Okay? When you go to face your pain and stronghold, stuff gets shaken up. It often looks worse before it gets better. Okay? Um, I I know by the Spirit and just by watching you, many of you are leveling up right now. Many of you are, like, getting upgrades in the Spirit, upgrades in maturity, upgrades in that next level of authority. Um, And, uh, yeah, so let's put on uh, the screen James 1, 2 to 4. James 1, 2 to 4. I know this is everyone's favorite scripture, right? Everyone likes to say this one with lots of sarcasm. Okay? Um, It says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So how do you become perfect and complete and lacking nothing? Trials, resistance, that's how you get strong, that's why you go to the gym, because you need some resistance. Amen? Amen? So it says, consider it all, total, 100% joy when you go through trials. Woohoo! <laughs> That's kind of our attitude. <laughs> but when it says perseverance, okay, um, going through trials develops that perseverance. That perseverance in the Greek, it means cheerful or hopeful endurance. So it's not just like, oh, I'm just withstanding this thing, but it's like an attitude of cheerfulness, okay? So that means you're not quitting, and you're not quitting with a positive attitude, okay? As believers, we thrive in the unseen realm. We thrive in the faith realm, 
Okay? Being comfortable is not how we level up. Being comfortable is not how we level up. We level up when we have to step out in faith and get uncomfortable. Amen? There's a difference between resting in God and being comfortable. Okay? So we can face a trial or God can say, hey, I want you to step out and, you know, offer to pray for that person or give that prophetic word. We can rest in him while we're uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Okay? There's a difference between comfort and comfortable. Amen? There's times that, that God will come and the storm is just raging around us and he's available to bring us comfort, but we're not necessarily comfortable in that storm, but there is comfort. Amen? We level up through resistance and in that resistance, resting in him, that's how you level up. Amen? Not through striving, not through trying hard. Um, Every major upgrade in your life is on the other side of fear. Every major upgrade in your life is on the other side of fear. Fear of failure, fear of pain, fear of the past, fear of not having what it takes, fear of never being loved. Everything that you, you need in life, every, every major upgrade, every major level of maturity is going to be on the other side of that fear. Amen? For some of you, your upgrade is waiting for you to face your pain head on. To face your pain head on. I know this is such a lovely message, right? <laughs> I got to face my pain. Trials are coming. Awesome. Woohoo. But that's, this is how we level up. There really is all joy in that. It really is exciting because if you can fully embrace and fully believe the truth that God is good all the time, that he really is good and he really is good at his job, he really, really will never let you down, then you can take a look at any trial and say, yes, I'm about to upgrade. Not because I'm qualified, not because I'm that good, but because he is good and he always has good things for me. Amen? And he's never, ever going to let me down. All things are going to work together for my good. Amen? Amen. But sometimes your upgrade is waiting for you to face your pain head on. Sometimes that means you have to stop coping in whatever coping ways that there is and face the pain. And that's going to be your upgrade. Amen? That's actually what's going to prevent you from going around and around a mountain. Man, going around a mountain more times than you need to, that's painful. (laughs) Amen? I would much rather take a look at pain as super, super fast. Amen? All right, let's put on uh, the screen Romans 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith, into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. We exult, in other words, uh, rejoice in hope, in hope of what? The glory of God, okay? And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, in other words, rejoice in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us, okay? So if we can uh, put that next slide up on the screen, this is the, the progression. Tribulation, when you go through tribulation, it produces perseverance. That perseverance produces proven character, and that proven character produces hope. It's, it's really awesome. So on the other side of your trial and tribulation is more hope. Amen? 
Another way to say it in the Greek, tribulation means pressure. Pressure leads to cheerful endurance, which leads to experience, which leads to expectation and confidence. Okay? <laughs> pressure leads to cheerful endurance, which leads to more experience, which leads to greater expectation and confidence. Okay? We've been watching this, uh, this movie, and uh, it's, I'm, it's a long story. I can't fully recommend it, but um, <laughs> we watched this movie, and it was, it was about uh, fighting, like teaching these young boys how to fight or whatever. And um, the coach notices that when he walks by, these kids are just flinching, just like as he walks by. They're like all you know, young and weak or whatever. And he's like, why are you all flinching? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, man up. And, um, and he realized, he's like, you guys are all flinching because you've never been punched in the face before. He's like, so here's how we're going to solve this. Line up, <laughs> and you're all going to get punched in the face. <laughs> but guess what? <laughs> Once they'd been punched in the face, they stopped flinching because they had that experience. Now they know what it's like. I'm not, I'm not recommending this, but I'm just using this as an example. Okay, flinching. What is flinching? That means that you're fear. You're in fear. You're in fear of the unknown. Okay? Before I ever gave birth to a baby, I was terrified of labor. Growing up as a girl, I've, I've heard people say, it's the worst pain you've ever felt in your whole life. And I'm like, I can't even begin to quantify what that would feel like. I mean, like, I'm a baby at a paper cut, and this is the worst pain you've ever felt. So I was terrified, you know. But once I had a couple of babies, it, that tribulation produced that perseverance. And in that perseverance, I can be cheerful and endure the labor because I know what I'm going to be like during labor. So I have my proven character, I have that experience, and then from that experience, that's producing more and more hope for me. Amen? So we can look forward to labor. <laughs> we can't get too comfortable. We, sometimes we need to get punched in the face a couple times. <laughs> mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a whole other kind of five-fold ministry. We need hope. We need hope. And the way to build that hope, the way to, to rejoice in that hope is to go through trials and tribulations. So we really can be um, completely joyful when we understand who God is and that he's never going to let us down. He's with us through it all. We need hope. Um, our eschatology, in other words, like our study of end times and our beliefs about end times, has to include hope for the world or we're going to be powerless to bring the kingdom. We're going to be like, the world's just going to heck in a handbasket. I like how uh, Dan Farrelly puts it. He's like, aren't we just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic? Like, does it really matter if we go and minister in the world right now? Because it's like it's just going down. But that's not the case. Like, we're called to bring the kingdom to earth. Amen? God uses us. Jesus uses us for that. So our theology, everything that we believe has to include hope. Amen? Amen. Amen. Getting knowledge is not the thing. Getting knowledge is not the thing. The evidence of your mind being renewed is not that you have more knowledge and right answers. The evidence of your mind being renewed is that your hope is increasing. The evidence that your mind is being renewed is that your hope is increasing. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than my problem. My hopelessness about a relationship problem is bigger than the actual relationship problem. 
Like God has ways of solving things and coming up with a how that we can't even begin to imagine. Like there's Ann Suddenly's coming. Like there was Ann Suddenly's in our marriage. You know, like when we first started um, going to church together and stuff, like for, for a little bit there, and he's, he shared this as part, of his, as part of his testimony, I was dragging him to church. And I would like cry out and be like, God, like, you know, I, I just so want him to like, you know, want this and to lead in this area or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of hope, but I would pray. And then guess what? Like God did an end suddenly. Amen. God did an end suddenly in his heart that I couldn't have anticipated, okay? Um, Don't be limited by the how. Um, Transformation comes because someone is renewing their mind with truth, which means that you have to believe something different to be transformed. You have to believe something different to be transformed. It's all in the mind, renewing your mind. Amen? Truth is not so that we know more knowledge The impact of truth is that our hope level rises. Jesus says the truth will make you free. Amen? It's not so we can just know a bunch of stuff. It's so that we can get free. Amen? So Romans 5 says rejoice, and it says rejoice in what? Rejoice in trials, because we can rejoice in that hope. And we have our hope in what? It says our hope is in the glory of God. So what is your hope in? In order to hope in the right things, you have to get your hope out of the wrong things. Okay? So I was crying out to God um, a, a little while ago, and, and I just came to him, and it's like one of those uh, just like heart dumps. I hope that you're doing that with the Lord when you're just like, ah! you know, I'm frustrated. Just like whatever, whatever I'm dealing with, I just pour it out before God, and then he just starts to speak to me. And I was expecting him to like join my pity party and like be like, I'm so sorry. Let me, you know, like I was kind of expecting that. Uh, But I was like, God, and I'm crying and I'm like, I'm feeling hopeless that I can fix this situation. I'm feeling hopeless that I can ever get this person to value me. And I'm expecting him to be, oh, poor baby. And what he said is, good. (laughs) I actually do want you to come to this place of hopelessness. You need to be hopeless in this area because you can't fix this situation. You can't fix people, and you can't make people value you. So get hopeless. (laughs) Get hopeless. I know it sounds wrong. We need to become hopeless that we can fix situations, fix people, make people love us like they should, make people respect us like they should. If your value and your worth aren't settled in your heart, it is hopeless to try and receive value and worth from another person completely hopeless. Mm-hmm. I want to impart hopelessness to you today. <laughs> Don't put your hope in that because you will be disappointed. That kind of hope does disappoint. Mm-hmm. God said to me, your hope in this area has been your problem. My hope was in me. My hope was in my striving, my earning, proving to people, hustling, behaving, controlling That was what my hope was in. So that's going to disappoint. Give up control. And I know control sounds like such a nasty word. Like, I prefer the word helping. (laughs) I'm just helping. I'm helping Holy Spirit do his job. (laughs) But it's control, and it doesn't help. Amen? Am I the only one? (laughs) It's like when Ethan wants to help me make pancakes. 
And I'm just like, oh, great. OK, you can help me. And he's like stirring the flour. And it's like flying everywhere. And like eggshells are getting in. I'm just like, can you please just not help me? That would be really great. Um, I gently addressed something to Tia the other day. And I was specifically being very gentle. Like there was, there was uh, something in that moment that I just wanted to make sure it was, it was uh, said gently. And then Rannon in the back seat chimes in. And he's like, yeah, and she does this and this and that and this. <laughs> and I was like, hey, buddy. I'm like, I didn't ask for your help, and you're not helping. <laughs> I'm like, that's not helping. And I actually had to say that to him a few times, because it was actually like it, it would stir up anger in her. And it's like the exact opposite of what I wanted to achieve in her was what was happening through that. So um, I have a message to you from Holy Spirit. Stop helping. <laughs> Stop helping. Trust him to do the work. When we try to add to it, sometimes we're adding obstacles for people. Amen? He doesn't need help. <laughs> pray. Pray and ask. You know, I cried out for people, you know, but he does the work. Amen? So tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, proven character. Proven character leads to hope. Um, proven character means personal responsibility. Somebody say personal responsibility. You are more powerful than you think, and you can only control you. Proven character means I know who I am and what I'm made of, no matter what anyone else does, no matter what anyone else thinks, and no matter what the circumstance. I have experience with God. I have history with God. It's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay because my worth and value is in him, and he's always with me. Amen? That's what proven character looks like. Amen? Okay. So we have to take personal responsibility. Even if the part that you are taking responsibility for is in enabling, not communicating, or not setting boundaries, we have to take personal responsibility in any relationship that we have. Amen? That tough person in your life that just never validates your identity, that never validates your worthiness, that never validates that you're, you're, you're worthy of love, and yet you keep trying to please them, and you keep trying to earn their approval, you keep trying to earn their love, you keep trying to earn their respect, you keep trying to get identity and worthiness from them, that is hopeless. Get hopeless in that area. Just give up, okay? <laughs> Feedback is good, good communication is good, but control is not. Control looks like rules, guilt, punishment, passive aggressiveness. And just take a lesson from the Lord and like the centuries that he went through with the law, the law can never produce love. Control can never produce love and devotion. Control can never produce respect. Amen? You can't change a person into the person that you want can't. Get hopeless about that. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh man. <laughs> you can't change a person into the person that you want. There's an internal shift that's needed on the inside of you. Amen? The only person that you can control is you on a good day. Amen? We're still working on the self-control thing, right? I'm still working on love my neighbor, <laughs> right? Okay? Get hopeless about controlling people. Control you instead. Set loving boundaries. Loving. Don't rescue. Okay? 
If every time my son has a tantrum, I give him exactly what he wants, am I a victim of his behavior? <laughs> it's actually abusive for me to give him exactly what he wants every time he has a tantrum. Amen? So that's going to train him in the wrong way. So if my son has a tantrum, I still get to decide whether I'm happy. I still get to decide how long I'm going to be exposed to his tantrum. I still get to decide what I tell myself about who I am as a parent, even though he's having a tantrum. Okay? How I respond to the tantrum is my choice. If I'm going to stay in my own identity or if I'm going to have my own tantrum. <laughs> Amen? Those are the things that I can control in a moment like that. Amen? This should give you hope. This should give you hope. Because God can change people. Amen? He is good at his job. Like, transformation is like, that's what we believe. That's the whole thing, is that we can be born again. We can change. Our hearts can change. We can be healed. Amen? But whose job is it? It's his job. And he's really, really good at it, especially if we stop helping. Amen? Trying to change your spouse is hopeless. Let me save you 20 years of trying. <laughs> and I know my husband would say the same thing. He's like, let me save you 20 years of trying to change your wife. Amen? I love how Graham Cook talks about, like, impartation. People will come up to him and ask, like, will you just impart, you know, your gift to me and in in your, you know, wisdom and experience? And he's just like, all I can impart to you is just for you to die quicker. <laughs> just die quicker. Just, just stay on the altar and, and just stay there and just die. Okay? Um, don't give up or quit on the hard things, but make sure that your hope is in the right place. Amen? So what else can I impart to you in the area of hopelessness? Okay? Romans 6, 17 to 18 says, Having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Okay? You are hopelessly righteous. If you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are hopelessly righteous. You are enslaved to righteousness. Amen? Amen. You're in a prison of righteousness. Woohoo! <laughs> Woo We're hopeless. <laughs> Amen? Hopelessly righteous. Romans 8, 38 to 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are hopelessly loved by God. Amen. You can't escape it. <laughs> he loves you. You can't measure it. He loves you. You are hopelessly righteous. You are hopelessly loved. Amen? Already, if you're trying to earn love, it's hopeless. You already have it. Amen? You're already worthy. Your identity is already secure. Amen? Psalm 139, 7 to 10 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You are hopelessly surrounded by his presence. You can't get away. It's like, it's like he's like stalking you. <laughs> no matter what you do. You are hopelessly righteous, you are hopelessly loved, and you are hopelessly surrounded by his presence. You can't get away from his presence. Amen? You can try, but you will fail. It's hopeless. <laughs> Give up. Just accept it. Amen? 
1 John 4.10 says, Love is not that we loved God, but that he loved us first. You can't earn God's love. Give it up. God is hopelessly devoted to you. Hopelessly devoted to you. I know. With the song lyrics. I always have the song lyrics. Okay? Your value can never, ever, ever come from your performance. It's hopeless. Your value is already there, already secure. Amen? So what do we do with tribulations that are out of our control? What do we do? We choose joy. Somebody say choose joy. Choose joy. Choose joy. Choose joy. Woohoo! I got an unexpected bill. Yes! <laughs> here comes perseverance. Here comes more character. And here comes more hope. Yes! I'm growing. I'm leveling up. Amen? Amen. Yay! We just had the biggest blowout marriage fight we've ever had. Woohoo! <laughs> I choose joy. Here comes cheerful perseverance. Here comes proven character. And here comes more hope. Amen? Choose joy. It says that we can rejoice in all joy in these tribulations. Okay? Do you want to be strong? Do you want to be strong during a trial? Choose joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Surrender to joy. There is a surrender in joy. It feels vulnerable to feel joyful because we want to just sit with our grumpy face and just like, I'm, just, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction that I'm happy right now. You know, it's like we just like, it's like this vulnerability thing. Just Okay, I'm letting all that down and like, ah, I choose joy. Amen? It is a choice. I love what Steve Backlund says. He says, your load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to your level of joy. Joy is important. I know it looks silly when we're up here just giggling like crazy. <laughs> like the times we've had, we're just like laughing on the floor, you know, and, you know, but the Lord keeps encouraging us. It's like, no, that's giving you strength. That's giving you load-bearing capacity so that you can handle lots of things coming at you. Amen? Amen. A merry heart does good like medicine is what uh, the Bible says. And uh, sometimes we get this weird impression of what joy is. We think joy is quiet and just like, oh. <laughs> I had a really big bill, but I'm joyful. Lord willing, I'm joyful. You know, and we just have this like, this feeling of like, joy is just this quiet, just fake. I'm just like, I'm a little sarcastic, you know. And uh, this, this is what I always think, if we could put that clip up there. This is what I always think of you've ever seen Nacho Libre, when I think of like Christians who are challenged in the area of joy, this is, this is the face I think of. But my life is good. <laughs> really good. I get to wake up every morning. Other than that, I get to lay in a bed by myself. <laughs> Do you believe him? <laughs> it's fantastic. You can see the sadness. And sometimes that's the picture of joy that we have. We're like, oh, rejoice in trials. It's fantastic. You know, sure. Right? But the Bible says, abide in the vine so that your joy may be full. That's why we abide in the vine. It says, in his presence is fullness of joy. What does fullness of joy look like? Does it look like that? Or does it look a little wilder and bigger and happier than that? 
like from a deep core place, from a deep core knowing that everything's going to be okay because we are hopelessly loved, hopelessly devoted to by God, hopelessly in a prison of righteousness, and hopelessly we can't escape his presence. Amen? How much joy is there in that knowledge?